Alberta Emergency Power Alert underlines the challenge of energy transition on the prairies. Some things is going to be an easy thing. Some don't think it's going to be easy at all. Joining us to talk about it is Andrew Leach, who is Energy and Environmental Economist Professor of Economy uh, and Eco- Economics and Law at the University of Alberta. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. So uh, I guess the question i got to ask right out of the gate is, is this going to be easy or not? <laughs> Absolutely not. I know. It's uh, crazy, isn't no, it? I don't, People, I don't think there's anybody that would say it's going to be easy in particular in with Alberta's market and our you know economy that has the propensity to change up and down very rapidly. The planning horizon, the technological change, all of it makes it difficult whether we're transitioning or not just planning for alberta's power system in general is never going to be easy where do you see the challenges here well we saw some of them on the weekend that you know things were well known right that alberta's peak electricity uses tend to be sometime in the last couple weeks of december or the first couple weeks of january sometimes into february when it's really cold and they tend to happen at supper time and so Right now, the you know cheapest new energy technology is solar power, and it's not doing anything for you at that time, at, at seven o'clock on a January night. So that was one of the challenges. Often we get really good wind resources in the winter, uh, but when it's really cold, you know Thursday we had good wind, even though we had record electricity demand. But right. Friday wasn't quite as uh, as windy, so that uh, went away. And then of course uh, conventional plants have reliability concerns in in the cold weather as well. Gas supply can be affected, and we saw a little bit of that. Transmission lines can be affected. We saw a little bit of that. And when it's cold here, sometimes it's cold everywhere else, and and our usual import suppliers sometimes end up constrained as well. And and that was in our world as well on the weekend. So all of these things kind of came together on the weekend for us and made it a really challenging three or four four or five days, I guess, for the system operator. I've been one of these people, I've always been a little worried, I call it cold turkeyism, where we just say, I just want to stop doing coal. Let's stop it right now. And they say we're going to move towards these different types of energy, ways to create energy. Uh, We moved away from coal, but did we do it too quick? I know we gotta we gotta make a different move, but it just seems to me that we just want to stop something, and we're not quite ready to make the next move. Is that just me thinking that way, or how do you view that? Well, I think it depends on who you think of as we. In the sense, Alberta doesn't have a planned electricity system. Yes. So the coal phase out from a kind of regulatory perspective, that was almost not supposed to have started yet. Uh, if you look back to the regulations that Prime Minister Harper passed in 2012, the ones that were updated by Prime Minister Trudeau in 2018, and, and the uh, agreements that uh, Premier Notley entered into, that was all supposed to be a second half of this decade planned phase out of coal. And then combination of factors, cheap gas in particular among them, but some air quality rules and some other factors, led the individual companies to make decisions to phase out coal much more rapidly than was ever the case in anyone's plan. So, you know, it was at Cotransalta Capital Power that were doing these things because it made sense for them in the market in much the same way as people are doing it all over the U.S. and Europe, et cetera, yeah. because, you know, coal is just not competitive in the same way as it, as it once was. And so I think you have to be careful about saying, 
you know, we're we're too far ahead of the curve. It's sort of like the curve caught up to us and caught us a little bit off guard. And the same thing's true of renewables as well. We sort of looked at them like, well, you know, maybe that's not going to happen here in Alberta. The grid operator was planning for, you know, maybe a thousand or two thousand megawatts of solar will get built by 2030. And then all of a sudden they blinked and they had 14,000 megawatts of solar waiting to get built. And, you know, enough to double, well, not quite double, but close to double the total capacity of our electricity system. And so it, it happened so quickly that, um, you know, people were not ready for it. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that as technology improves in other ways as well. I don't think we could push it away. I think we just have to make sure that we're doing exactly the opposite, welcoming it and being ready for it. So here I am in my 60s, and I think back to when I was in my teens and my dad used to talk about the tortoise and the hare. You got to be mm-hmm. you got to be steady, man. Don't race to it. Don't race to it. Get there, but think about getting there. And now now I think about that advice and I'm wondering why we're not doing that the same when we look at this particular situation. We can move forward in a positive way, but we just we can't I don't think we can race there. We've just got to slowly get our we've got to find our way. Uh, am I out to lunch on that? Well, I guess the challenge I put to you is imagine having that same conversation about the oil sands in 2006. Yeah. Right? And you said, well, you know, do we really, are we sure, (laughs) Mm, you know, do we really want to head down that road? And we probably would have missed some pretty big opportunities. And with electricity right now, I think that is where we're at. Right. The, you know, as I said, I started teaching electricity 15, 20 years ago. And at that point, you know, the cost of solar power, we look at the, we talk about the Ontario policy a lot. They were paying $400 a megawatt hour for solar. Costs are one-tenth of that today. And, you know, it's not quite the same progress for wind, but massive progress for wind all the same. And so we have these new cheap sources of energy, batteries uh, for electric vehicles, for storage, et cetera, that present these new opportunities. And in the same way as whether it's fracking or in-situ oil sands technology or what have you, the new opportunity comes up. And then all of a sudden, it's not a question of the Alberta government saying, you know, do we really want to go there? It's global capital, local capital saying we're going there now. And the the government has to be and the regulators have to be ready and, and have the frameworks in place to make that work just want them to think it through that's i guess all i'm asking is as a taxpayer i guess is just make sure we're ready to go to the next phase but i don't want to leave the old phase until i know we're good to go the other thing i I was going to say one of the challenges go back to even i worked a lot with premier notley in 2015 and what people told us was possible at that point you know people told us we couldn't convert our old coal plants to gas and now many of them are operating reliably as gas plants no one would would be able to build wind and solar in Alberta at market prices. Well, they're building them now, and, and the, they're building so many of them that the um, ASO had, and the government had to put a stop to it. And so I think, you know, it is, it's sometimes the case that the people who are sort of thinking these things through, so to speak, are actually not. They're just biasing to the status quo and saying, well, this seems to be working fine, and that sets us up in some ways to avoid some really important opportunities, too. Hey, one last one for you, and, and this is something I was thinking here. Seeing a lot of heat, the province taking heat because we were borrowing power from both Saskatchewan and I think British Columbia, maybe even Manitoba. And I was thinking to myself, 
Isn't that a good thing? Is that what provinces are supposed to do? Isn't that confederation in a nutshell? Aren't we supposed to help everybody out when they need help the most? I don't know why there's been all this criticism of asking our neighbors for a little bit of help. Yeah, I don't think of it. I mean, Premier Mo framed it that way as, you know, where they're helping you out. You know, Alberta put up a, a big sign that said, we're willing to pay $1,000 a megawatt hour for power, and fast power was there to provide it. And that's how trade works. Yeah. In the same way as when the U.S. puts up a big sign that says, we'd really like oil sands, and we're retrofitting a bunch of refineries to accommodate, and we send it to them, and, and we profit from the trade as well. I hope we're going to see more of it. And there's a really good sign from the Premier um, and the minister a couple of weeks ago to say, you know, we're looking at we're we're looking at more connections to our neighbors, and not just to import power. It's because we want to export power. It's because our wind, our solar, our twenty four seven three sixty five uh, gen, and the oil sands, all of that has value as an export product. And we want to have the resources available when we need them from places like BC, Saskatchewan, maybe Manitoba, et cetera. I'm big on working together. I think it's a great thing. So, hey, uh, do you see any more problems coming here over the next month or so? Are we, uh, hey, have we learned enough here over this past weekend where we can maybe put some of that to action? Well, I don't think it's a matter of learning. I think it really is a matter of timing that we have a, a new natural gas plant, the Cascade unit, that's, you know, and not quite a 10% increase in our um, above what our sort of peak load would have been, but uh, or peak gen requirement would have been. But that's going to stabilize our system tremendously, and it's you know weeks, maybe a month away. So um, the outages that were that happened on the weekend, I think at least two of the three are solved now. So I think we're in a more. It looks like we're in a more stable position now. That can obviously change, but uh, I think here it is you know, a situation where we have a lot of new build coming into the market, it and if it would have happened and been done by December, then all of this past weekend would have been a story of resilience, not a story of crisis. Gotcha. Hey, Andrew, thanks for your time today. Great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed it. All right. There's Andrew Leach, focuses in on energy and environmental economy, professor of economics and law at the University of Alberta.